And now, from the studios of New Hope Hilo, Hawaii, when people connect. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of When People Connect. I'm Ben Urbanozo, and at this time, would you welcome with me our speaker for today, Pastor Sheldon Loxina. Thank you, Ben Urbanozo. How are you? I'm good. Now, if you were here last week, last week was last week. So if you missed it, you can go on to our podcast. But yeah, you're kind of tall. It's because, oh, See, I when I sit down, I look super small. I can make my, my chair smaller. Okay, so you just came back because you look a little darker. Yeah, leave your chair like that. I feel better now. You know, we should mandate this chair stays super small. I always no, look up to that. you, though. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, so you guys just came back from Zero Gravity. Tell me a little bit about Zero Gravity and, and what that is. Uh, I could tell you about Zero Gravity, but I have a better idea. Okay. How's about we show you? Okay. Okay, well, let's watch this then.
So we do want to say thank you to all of you who continue to uh, buy into the vision of what God is doing in not just our church, but in the lives of our young people. Some of you give over and beyond. You give a special givings, and uh, I can't tell you how blessed our young people are. Uh, a lot of them are way further ahead of us when we came to know the Lord. So thank you, Ben, and your team for taking these youth out for five days <laughs> with no. no technology. How were they without their cell phones? Uh, they actually paid attention. Yeah. yeah. So your kids can do without a cell yeah. phone for five days. <laughs> the first day, like I saw a couple kids, and I said, hey, how are you doing without your cell phone? It sucks. <laughs> but then yeah. after a while, they connected with each other, and it was fine. Yeah. They, they, I think they're, at the end of it, they were okay with not having their phones. Yeah. Because they had the Holy Spirit instead. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. They got so, it. Yeah. Well, this morning, we are talking about God's grace given to be received. So, Pastor Sheldon, uh, do you have a story of when grace was extended to you? Besides, uh, well, besides the Lord, I, I think um, Heidi gives me a lot of grace because of <laughs> how I am. Uh, I am, my mom is laughing because... Anyway, so I actually I have a, a, a different story that has not to do, that doesn't have to do with my family. I, have, uh, I was in staff meeting one time, and when I first came on staff, I was working with the youth, and actually I was working in here. I was doing the uh, multimedia and, and different things like that. But I came, we went surfing down at the mill, and if you've ever surfed there and you walking back up, you have a lot of black sand attached to your leg. So I came straight from the mill to staff meeting in slippers and shorts and t-shirt. So I walked in and usually they would serve donuts. Back then they had donuts. And so we're in a staff meeting and it's intense. The pastor is talking about intense things. And I'm sitting there and I'm about 20 something years old. I can't remember the age, but I'm sitting there and I'm watching the, I'm eyeing out the donuts. I'm like, I'm so hungry because you just come back from surf and you're hungry. So I'm listening and I'm looking at the donuts and and uh, the, the pastor goes, so is there any more questions? And I said, yeah, can, can I get some more of them donuts? And I stand up, and I start walking, and he looks at me, and he goes, yeah, we'll get to those donuts, but is there any other questions? And now I'm standing, and I'm thinking, what do I do? So I sit back down, and then the person next to me is like this, <laughs> cracking up laughing. And so I felt uh, like I did something wrong, and I, I apologized to the pastor. I said, I'm so sorry, you know, about, you know, interrupting and wanting the donuts. And he goes, no, no, you're okay, you're okay. So that's, that's me when grace was given to me. So I remember that time. It burns in my memory. So we no longer have donuts at our staff meeting. This is true. This is true. But what do we have, Ben? We, we have fruits. Exactly. Yeah. We go healthy. So. I don't think anybody goes, hey, can I stand up and get some of those strawberries? Yeah. So. Uh, and I give grace. I do. We, we do give grace. You do give grace. In fact, uh, this past week at Zero Gravity, uh, if anybody knows me, when it comes to games, I'm competitive. Anyone like that? When, you, when, you, when it's games, you just comp- you're just competitive. That competitive spirit I'm not. Comes up. I, I'm mellow. <laughs> I learned it from him. I'm little. <laughs> mellow compared to some things. Okay, so. And, so. and so we're playing one of those games, and, uh, and so I'm inside, and, I, and I'm playing, and I'm playing, and, and it's, it's, it's intense. It comes down to the two teams left, and we're trying to eliminate each other. And so uh, I'm just, like, trying to take control. And so I go and try and score, and 
I think we win. And I'm like, okay, finally the game is done. And you know, you, anybody ever score like the winning point? You just get that, ah. Yeah. And so I had that, ah. Yeah. And I accidentally lift my hand, my arm, my hand up. And uh, as I do that, a girl's face is right there. And it wasn't a hard one. But it was, you know... A, a late, you got to say that. It's it, not hard. Because yeah, then they're going to be one. like, you evil man. Yeah, they're going to be like, uh... But it was, it was a late tap. And so she falls on the ground. I'm like, are you okay? She falls on the ground. It was a light <clears> tap. <throat> she knocked out, out cold. Uh. Eyes rolled back. It didn't. I'm, okay, go ahead. I was, I was there. I was watching. Yeah. And who's there witnessing all of this? Because, you know, I hit the girl and all the other, uh, all the other kids are like, Ben, you didn't hit the girl. The leader's like, Ben. And I'm like... It was a tap, and all of a sudden, I look, and I, who do I see standing, like, five feet away is our lovely senior pastor, <laughs> Pastor Sheldon Loxina. And I'm looking at him going. Watch my mercy. Watch my and mercy. He, and he goes, eh, it happens. <laughs> she was okay, that's why. She was okay. I mean, she was lying down face down. There's no blood. It was. There's it no was, blood. It really was. We really take care of your children. We love them with the love of Jesus. It was fine. It was okay. It was. Yeah, it was okay. I, at first, I asked her if she was okay. Yeah. I asked her if she was okay. Uh, she was, We're like defending each other. And yeah. you're going to ask the girl. She's like, that's not what happened. <laughs> they pummeled me to the ground. Oh, yeah. Everybody was like, man, you hit her. I was like, I just... Uh, uh, uh. Great. Grace was given because yeah. I, I've, I've done that before. And that happened. Your wife... Remember when she was in, when she was in high school? Well, they met in high school at one of, well, anyway. So, <laughs> when, when, remember she got... I don't know, somebody the, hit her in the... No, I didn't hit her in the face. Oh, okay. Somebody else hit her in the face. Oh. And her nose broke. Her nose broke. And then we prayed for healing. But she still had to go to the hospital. And you married her. Yeah. Not because of that. <laughs> but because... <laughs> so... I don't know if you want to send your children to zero gravity anymore. <laughs> it's like, they, they get laid hands on, that's for sure. If it makes you feel better, we have our own medic, so it's all good. We do. We have a certified lifeguard and a certified, yeah. but, uh, for those reasons. What are we talking about today, Ben? We're talking we? about God's grace. Okay, so God's grace. But um, before we talk about God's grace, I wanted to... Uh, give you a heads up on something. Now, we're going to pray for this right here, and they're going to be like, really? He's going to be this person? Uh, ben, when he first came to our youth ministry, he was in high school, and I've just watched God's hand on his life and, and his growing uh, in, his, in his walk with the Lord and his growth in his relationship with God. But God put on my heart a while back that to raise him up to oversee our youth. And now that I think about it, what was I thinking? But it, I, I, I know it's the Lord. I watch our youth. They love him. But he, the thing that Ben does well, not only does he have a heart for God, but he has a heart for our youth. He has a heart for family. And if your children went to zero gravity this past year and you as a parent came to pick them up, you could see the heart of this man. And so in the process of everything, God said to raise him up to receive his pastoral licensing Pastor Lynn was his coach in helping him go through the polity course, the books you had to read, the tests you had to go through, and the interview process with the district uh, and the panel of people. I was one of them that would interview him, but we had other pastors. But he just recently passed in receiving his pastoral license. 
So, Pastor Ben, we're going to pray for him this morning if you'd stand. And I'm also going to ask his wonderful wife, Katie Ann, to come up. You go get her. <laughs> but um, you remember when your nose broke, Katie Ann, at Zero Gravity? Wasn't that a defining moment in your relationship with the Lord? <laughs> but um, thanks, Rebecca. But yeah, she still wanted, she wanted to play football, and I, okay, this is just me, but I have a hard time when girls want to play football, and they are all girly, not you, Kashi, you're different, but she wanted to play football, she did, she got a broken nose, but um, just with what God is doing in your life, I don't know how we're even segueing from broken nose to uh, praying over you for your pastoral license, but hey, this is youth ministry at its best, so that's what happens. But I've, I've seen you too, Katie, and growing in the Lord and just your relationship. And as we pray over you this morning, the Bible gives us clear instruction that when we lay hands on you and when the elders, if we have any elders here, if you could make your way up here, that when we pray over you, we're not praying for a position as pastors. We're praying over God's anointing over you in the position he's placed you as shepherds over our youth. And beyond, because I know you shepherd more than just our youth, but you shepherd people. And I wanted to read you a scripture. It's out of the book of Joshua. And this is, this is where Moses was passing the baton to Joshua. And Moses said some words. But now God is saying this to Joshua, kind of reiterating the same words. And this is after Moses, the servant of the Lord, had passed away. And so now Moses' assist, assistant Joshua is now taking over. And, he, and the Lord says that I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And then he says again, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you shall go. And so could we just say to them, be strong and courageous. Can you say that together? Be strong and courageous. Again, with all your might, be strong and courageous. One more time. That's our congregation telling you to do that as well as our elders. And we're going to pray over you. And we're going to anoint you with oil as the Bible instructs us. And what this represents is God's hand on you, the Holy Spirit working in you to do the impossible. And I pray that the youth in this city and beyond will find Jesus because of the ministry that God has you to oversee. And if you would, as a congregation, just stretch your hand forward and pray over them as we commission you as being our youth pastor. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Ben and Katie Ann. We pray for your anointing over their life, that as you have commissioned them and as we agree with you in the raising up of this young man and this young woman to be the people you created them to be, I pray that your anointing would flow in them and through them, that the Holy Spirit would be the workings that in which they follow, that as they lead youth and people closer to you, that they will recognize that there is an anointing in their life that comes from you. It's not the position or a pastor's license. It comes from you. And so we thank you. We pray that they would be strong and courageous. We thank you for the love that you have given to them as they give out to others. 
We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said amen, amen, amen. Can we say congratulations to Ben and Katie Ann? Well done. Well done, you guys. Well done. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Dr. Robin and Dr. Kyle. Well, I would have never made it here without your grace. Yay. So to share today's <laughs> message, would you welcome Pastor Sheldon Loxino? Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Have fun. I think when we talk about God's grace, for those of us who have received God's grace, we understand his grace. Today we're going to be talking about not just receiving his grace, but that we give out his grace. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn uh, to the book of Proverbs chapter 23, verse 3. If not, they're in your notes and you can take out your notes. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we, we had uh, Ed Tandy McGlasson come and share on Father's Day. And so if you want one of his books, we have it in the bookstore. We have two of his books, actually, and you can go pick that up if you missed that on Father's Day. It's really good books. Also, uh, last week I talked about the vision that God has given to us in this new season, that all the events that we've been doing, God said... Focus on loving me and loving people. Focus on Sundays and, of course, our Wednesday nights. And we're revamping our Wednesday nights. We're in the process of doing that, and you're going to love it. Uh, But right now, what we're looking at is how are we streamlining and uh, watching the events that we do. We don't want to be an event-driven church. We want to be a Holy Spirit-led church that God speaks to us in the various seasons that we're in. And so if you missed last week, please Uh, go on to our website or on our church app and then view last week. That way you catch the whole heart behind where we are today. And if you notice in your notes, even our notes are different. So we're at a different season, guys. We're we're at a new season that God is bringing us to. Uh, Even this morning with our worship team, uh, they have been working diligently uh, with a comfortable sound level so that we can worship the Lord together and not be so uh, worried about our ears and, and hurting our ears. So we are, we are at a new place and at a new season. So thank you for your patience with all of that. Uh, I am so grateful to be uh, doing what I do as well as the season that we're in in this series uh, when people connect. And I don't know about you, but whenever people connect, a couple things can happen. One, things go very well. And then there are times where things can go very bad. And when we look at it, it usually will come down to, as a believer, if we understand God's grace. If we understand God's grace, that will determine the dynamics of that relationship. Whether it's an old friend, a family member, a new person that you may have met, even a stranger or someone at the store, you're going to, if you understand God's grace, then you're going to be able to not just receive it, but you're going to be able to give it. This past week, we went to the store the grocery store, and, you know, Heidi is really good at checking the receipt. Any of you check your receipt? Like, right after you're done, you go through the receipt. Now, we bought some things, and when the uh, cashier said, this is your price or the, the amount, Heidi was a little fishy about it, so she was checking the receipt. And sometimes it's like, you know, 18 cents over or under, whatever it would be, and there's a little uh, error. This time, it was $13.92. And so we had to get a refund, and Heidi said, I was wondering why it was that much. It shouldn't have been that much. And I I said, you know, usually I'm the one that's saying, 18 cents, Heidi. 
No sense go back in. It costs us 18 cents of our time just to go back into the store. But this time it was $13. I'm like, yeah, give us back the $13. But then it wasn't, it wasn't where we could complain. It wasn't where we were so angry about it because we understood that we make mistakes too. And God has given us grace. And so he gives us grace so that we can give out grace. Proverbs 28.3, it says, A poor person who oppresses the poor is like a pounding rain that destroys the crop. It's kind of like this. And the Bible is saying when you have a crop that's going to grow and produce fruit or if it's vegetation, that a poor person, someone who understands what it means to be poor, now to go out and oppress that which he came from is like rain that kills that which should thrive. Rain that is pounding on a, a shrub or a, 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 a little plant that has the potential to bear fruit. That if you're a poor person and you oppress the poor, it's like the rain that beats down on a plant that has potential. That now that this plant, it could have produced fruit. It could have produced food for people. But because of the rain beating down on that plant, it can no longer produce fruit, can no longer feed people. Therefore, there's now a famine in the land. What the Bible is saying is, when you don't understand where you came from and you oppress those from that which you came from, there's a famine that will take place from that which you came from. In other words, when it comes to grace and we receive God's grace and we forget where we came from, and we don't give out God's grace, now we have potential to have a famine of grace because we're no longer giving grace. If, only, if grace is only received from God and no longer given, how will people find the Lord? How will people come to know the Lord? They're not going to know who he is. May this city never experience a famine of grace. It's the story of Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus, the tax collector? In fact, he was climbing the tree and he's, he, uh, Jesus saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, come down for I must have dinner at your house. And now he's a tax collector and a sinner. And he sits with Zacchaeus and the people are saying, look at him, he's sitting with sinners. He's with Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus understood and received God's grace. He received grace from Jesus Christ. And now he gave grace. He said, if I've, if I've robbed anybody which he did, he said, I will return to them more than what I took. He understood receiving grace was not about receiving grace. It was about giving grace. Because when we give grace, now that which had potential can come to fruition. Otherwise, grace just stays here and no one gets to see the Lord in all of his fullness. Romans 8, 20, uh, excuse me, 8, 38 and 39, it says, I am convinced that nothing, say nothing, say it louder, nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Many of us worry about tomorrow, the next day, our paycheck, we worry about our jobs. But he says, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above 
or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says nothing can separate us. Nothing. See, that's God's grace at its best. You know who also understood God's grace? A man by the name of Saul in the New Testament. He was one who knew the law of God and then used the law of God to persecute this new belief called Christianity. This new belief of people, actually they called it the way because they followed Christ. And so his goal was to persecute Christians, persecute the church. But on his way to Damascus, he's on this road, he encounters the resurrected Christ. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And now Saul meets Jesus, receives his grace, becomes a man by the name of Paul. There's a change that takes place, and now Paul gives out God's grace. Then he understood God's grace. When Paul realizes God's grace, he gives that grace out. Another man by the name of Peter experienced God's grace. He experienced the grace that God gave. In fact, I want to read us this scripture. You can turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, I'm going to read from verses 69 through 75. And I love this story because this, uh, this is God's grace at its best. And we're going to be able to relate to it because we go through the same things that Peter goes through. Matthew chapter 27, verse 69. Now Peter, one of Christ's disciples, Matthew 27, verse 69. Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. Now she's saying this because they arrested Jesus and this is before he goes to the cross. They arrest Jesus and now Peter is in the courtyard. He's kind of blending in with everyone else. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who, lay, who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so he went out and wept bitterly. Peter wept bitterly because when Jesus spoke that to him, he said, there's no way possible I'm going to deny you. I think we've said that. No way possible. But he denies Christ. And now when he denies Christ and the prophecy that Jesus said would happen takes place, Peter remembers. And he wept, he wept, and wept. But after Jesus goes to the cross and is resurrected, Peter and some of the disciples are out fishing. Now imagine now, he just denied Christ. Christ goes to the cross. Three days later, they can't find him. The tomb is empty. But Jesus appears to them. And then this time... They're out on the boat. Jesus is on shore, but they don't recognize him. And Jesus says, hey, did you guys catch anything? And they said, nope. And he says, throw your net to the right side. Now, have you ever told a fisherman how to fish? <laughs> exactly. So he tells them, throw your net on the right side. So they're thinking, 
Okay, well, they throw the net on the right side and they bring in, in fact, they have a hard time bringing in the fish. They recognize that it's the Lord. Peter jumps out, swims to shore. Now he's on the shore and I can, I can picture his excitement that you're alive, you're alive, but he knows it's the Lord, but he didn't recognize it was the Lord. He knows it's him, but he didn't recognize it was him. But at the same time, no one dared to ask, are you Jesus? They knew it was him, but they didn't want to ask. So Peter is all excited, and he's saying, oh, man, you know, you're you're risen from the dead, dead. you're you're alive, and everything you said would come to pass. Guys, come in. This is Jesus. He's alive and well. And, and, And Jesus says to him, remember, he says, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yeah, you know I love you. Hey, guys, it's Jesus. You guys, it's Jesus. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. He says, you know I love you. He says, hey, guys, you got you to check this out. It's Christ, the risen king. What he said came to pass, and he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? Peter said, you, you, you know all things. You, you know me inside and out. You know I love you. He says, then feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. In other words, he's saying to Peter, I still believe in you. Now I'm sure Peter was, he's, he's all broken up on the inside saying, but I denied you. I did this. I did that. And he said, remember when you went to the tomb, Peter? What took place? What was it like to go to the tomb, Peter? Well, Peter reiterates or remembers and, and recalls what it was like going to the tomb. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 7, the angel says to those who went to the tomb, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. And so now Jesus is there talking with him on the seashore. Hey, Peter, what happened that day when you went to the tomb? Well, you know, Mary and, uh, and those who went to the tomb came to me and they said, hey, the, the angel said, go get the disciples and Peter and, and uh, go, the, the Christ, uh, Jesus is not there at the tomb. We don't know what happened. Someone took his body. And, and I can picture Jesus saying, Peter, what happened? Well, the angel said to go get the disciples and Peter and and. And so I ran to the tomb, and John and I ran there, and John looked in, and you were gone, but I went in, and I made sure that you were not there, and sure enough, you were not there. So what did the angel say, Peter? He said, go get the disciples and Peter. You said my name, Christ. Why, why did you call me by name? And it's almost like Jesus was narrowing and focusing on Peter's life, not his past mistake. You see, Jesus doesn't look at our past mistakes. He looks at who we're becoming, and he calls us by name. You're here because Jesus calls you by name. He doesn't say, bring all these people here. He says, I'm calling you by name because you're sons and daughters of the Most High. His grace is given even to those who have denied Him. 
I couldn't understand what Peter was feeling, but I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve this. Grace is not about you, Peter. It has nothing to do with what you did. It has nothing to do with where you are today. Grace is all about me. It's my grace on your life. It's not about you, Peter. Because if it was about Peter, if it was about us, who can receive grace? We can't earn God's grace. We don't deserve God's grace. It's his unmerited favor. As 2 Corinthians tells us, chapter 6, verse 1, we then, as workers together with him, also plead with you. Now, this is Paul the apostle, understanding God's grace. We now plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive it in vain. See, it's through grace that you and I have been saved, not of our works, lest anyone should boast. It's not of us. It is through Christ Jesus. No work can get us to heaven. No one can stand before God and say, God, my good works got me a place and a position in heaven, didn't it? I mean, I did great things. I gave to the church. I went to church every week. I did great things, God. So that should earn me a right into heaven. And God would say, you're not perfect, though. No work can get us into heaven. It's only through the grace of God that is given to us through the person of Jesus Christ. That's what it means that he died on the cross. That's what it means that he came back to life to give us a new life, that those who believe in Christ Jesus and calls upon his name shall be saved. It's his grace upon us, not of our works. God pardoned us for our punishment. Jesus took our punishment on the cross for the sins that we committed. He took our punishment. Therefore, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, 14, Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. And if, you're, if you have a pen, just circle that, which no one will see the Lord. And that word sanctification, if, if you're in your Bible, circle that, underline it. Sanctification. See, so many of us, we receive the grace of God. But then we forget to give the grace of God. That's the major difference with understanding what sanctification is, which is another name for holiness, and justification, which is what happened at the cross. Justification is God looked upon our sin, sent his one and only son to die for our sins so that we're justified in his eyes, made holy without fault. That's what Ephesians 1.4 tells us. So we're justified by faith through Jesus Christ. But now we are sanctified through the working out of our salvation. As the Bible tells us in Philippians 2.12, with fear and trembling, we work out our salvation. In other words, we cannot just live a justified life and be covered by God's grace and that's it. There are many people who have yet to see God But they won't see God unless we, as believers, live out this holiness, this sanctification, that we're made holy without fault in God's eyes. Now, you may think, but I'm not perfect. No, the Bible doesn't tell us to be perfect. It actually tells us to work out your salvation, that you're perfecting your holiness. It's a process. But in this process, there must be progress. See, if I look at my life five years ago as a believer, it shouldn't be the same. 
I shouldn't be doing the same things over and over if I understand God's grace. If I only receive the justification of God's grace, then I'll be doing the same things over and over. But if I work out my salvation and I receive and live out this sanctification, now I change because of the inner workings of the power of the Holy Spirit. God's grace is not just pardon, it's power. The grace of God gives us the power to do what the Bible demands of us. The grace of God gives us the power to do what God commands of us. When Jesus said, I command you, go out into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've taught you, and lo, I am with you even to the ends of the age. We can't do that unless we understand the power of God's grace. If we only work out justification and we're okay with that, we'll never change. Our families will be the same. Our relationship will be the same. Our, our, our spouses, our, our families, our husbands, your, your wives, they'll all be the same. We'll, we'll all stay the same because we're only operating under the justified grace of God. And I think we can become people who understand sanctification. That when we operate in this way, then we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength to do so. Therefore, in Hebrews 10, excuse me, 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. See, we cannot serve God acceptably without the power of his grace. And sometimes we'll say, thank God for his grace. Thank God I'm not who I used to be. And we stay there. But without the power of God's grace, I cannot serve God acceptably. Do not receive his grace in vain. Pursue sanctification. Without it, no one sees the Lord. That's what it means when the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. No one will see God unless we pursue peace with all men and, sanct and the sanctification. It's, it's, it's the power that God gives to us through his grace. For the law was given through Moses, as John 17 tells us. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The Bible is telling us under the law, you had to kill someone to be called a murderer, right? The laws of God. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder. If you did, you were a murderer. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. When you do those things, you broke the law. Now, that's the law. Christ came and said, even if you think of hatred in your heart, you have committed murder. It's like when Jesus came, he brought to us a higher standard of living. He brought the power of God's grace. We're going to need the power of God's grace to not commit it here in our thought life and in our heart. In other words, here's the power of God's grace. The old way, you had to do it to break the law. 
in the new way, under the new covenant with Jesus Christ, he said, you think it, you already broke the law. You think about adultery, you already committed it. You look at another person with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery. In other words, here's the beautiful side to God's grace, the power of his grace. He says, the power of my grace corrects it here and here internally before it manifests itself outwardly, externally, causing more damage. Can you see the power of God's grace? The old way was you do it, you broke the law. The new way is you can correct it here so you don't do it. You correct it here and here. That's the power of his grace. But we can only understand the power of his grace when we receive it and then we give it out. There is power in his grace. Here's my question. Have you been living a justified life? You justify everything and you fall under God's grace. It's by God's grace. Oh, thank God for his grace. You make a mistake. Thank you for your grace. But you keep making the same mistake over and over. If you keep doing that, that's an indication that you're only operating under grace. The justification of God's grace towards us, towards sin. But if you're the kind of person like me that wants to work out his salvation, that wants to live a sanctified life, a holy life, we're not going to be perfect, but we're perfecting holiness. It's a process. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be a person who stands before God and, and, and says to him, I, I tried my very best, but trying wasn't good enough. So what I did, Lord, is I followed you. When you follow grace and you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and you're following that grace that came through Jesus Christ, you just touch Christ and power will be given to you. That's what happened to that woman. Remember, she was bleeding for years. She just touched the hem of Christ's clothing and power came out and she received God's grace. This morning, make it your purpose to touch the grace of God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. The Bible tells us that we'll call him Lord. Many will call him Lord, but he will say, I never knew you. And I'm wondering if, if it's because we do the things of God but we come short of the grace of God. But when you understand what grace is, it's the power of his presence. It's the power that God gives to us. That it gives us the power to do what the Bible demands of us. It gives us the power to do what God commands of us. Then we can understand how we can fall short of the grace of God by not using it to its full potential. We're only using it halfway, but... It's because we've been receiving God's grace in vain. But he says, no, 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 pursue the sanctification. You pursue this. That's why we pursue holiness. For without it, we will not see the Lord. James comes full circle and he says in James 2, 17, 18 and verse 26, it says, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. But if someone may well say, you have faith and I have works, 
Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. No, James is telling us the faith that you have in the grace of God, there's a work in progress. It's a process, but there must be progress. There must be fruit that comes out of our life. The poor person, when he oppresses the poor, is like the rain that beats down on a crop. Many of us have received God's grace. We've got to walk out this power of his grace. Today we have water baptism. That's, that's walking in the power of God's grace. It takes the power of God's grace to make that decision to be water baptized. It's part of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. If you receive the Lord and you've never been water baptized, I don't care how long ago you received the Lord. You need God's power of his grace to make that decision to be baptized. You know the answer already. I don't even have to tell you. God is already speaking to you through his grace. So I'm encouraging you, let's be water baptized. Some of you have received God's grace. Let's, let's cheer on those who are, already, who are getting baptized if you already got water baptized and, and cheer them on because you'll be giving out God's grace when you do so. I want to also give you a, a heads up with where we are in, in the process of things. You know, some of you, you always attend first service and some of you freeze to death because our air conditioners are, you know, blasting. We're in summertime, so it's not as cold. But if you were to come second service and third service, they're dying of heat exhaustion. We actually cool down first service for second and third. And some of you are akamai, you bring jacket, you know, you, you just bundle up, you wear scarf, you know, mittens and everything. But we have a thing called the building fund. And let me just tell you about the building fund. When we first started the building fund, it was to build this property, build on this property. And once we came up here, we were all in awe of what God had built through the giving of, of all of us, of those who contributed. But once the building was put up, the giving slowed down. Heidi and I have made a commitment when we first started giving back in the 90s that this was going to always be a contribution to our, our building fund. And, and here's why I'm bringing this up. Because some of you have never heard about our building fund. Many of you have never been given the opportunity to be part of our building fund. And, and our building fund is not about the building, although there's a lot of work to be done with maintaining it. It has to do with reaching the lost one relationship at a time. We're also in the process of redoing our air conditioning system because our youth and children, if you've ever been in there, they're dying even more of heat exhaustion. Try put 60 youth in one building that are screaming, yelling, and running around. It gets pretty hot in there. And so what we're looking at is uh, getting the right air conditioning unit because these ones are actually too small for this facility. And we're going to look at getting a, the right one that's going to give a comfortable level of uh, air conditioning. And then we're going to take these ones and then bless our youth and our children so that your children, your grandchildren, your nephews, your nieces uh, can be in there and not be distracted by sweating. 
and our volunteers can be in a comfortable environment so that we can teach our children the love of Jesus Christ. It's not about the air conditioning units and it's not about the building fund. It's about reaching the lost one relationship at a time. And so you're going to hear more about the building fund. And if you want to contribute, you can do that. Just put in the memo. Or if you're giving online, you know, through our, our church app, um, then you can just designate, you know, building fund. And we, for Heidi and I, we tithe. And then the building fund is over and beyond. So we've made a commitment back then. And we just kept going because we believe in the vision that God has for us. And so when God puts that on your heart, go ahead and do that. Uh, today also is, I know it sounds like a lot of giving, but here's why. Today is actually our Mission Sunday. And the reason why we do this Mission Sunday is whenever there's a fifth Sunday in the month, we give those who have a heart for missions an opportunity to contribute to our missions. And we have missionaries all over the world um, reaching lost people for Jesus Christ. I want to speak to those of you who have a missionary heart, but you're not able to travel. I'm going to pray that as God speaks to you, that you wouldn't think about the gift that you're giving, but who you're giving to. That when God's heart of reaching the world connects with the missionary's heart of doing the same, you're unstoppable with the Lord. Some of you have a heart to travel to do missionary work. And if you, if you do have a heart to do that, please let me know because we have teams going all the time through Foursquare Missions International and we can connect you with the right people to do so. I, I do believe this, that we're in a new season. We're in a brand new season that God is gonna continue to use every single person in this church to reach the lost one relationship at a time. Whether you're traveling on a missions trip or whether you're traveling in your car to the missions at your church. Uh, at your, your, your job or wherever you come from if you're visiting from another church. God is calling all of us to be missionaries into this world. You're all ministers saved by the grace of God to give out his grace. Amen. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to not just receive your grace but to give your grace. There may be people here this morning that Lord, they've never received your grace. They don't understand your grace. But maybe now there's a, a better understanding that, that you love us, you forgive us, and you give us grace. That when you give us your grace, it's not just for us to receive, but to give it out. And if you're here this morning, you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. You've never said yes to him. And it's been pounding on your heart to do so but you don't know how to I want to lead you in a prayer and if you want to receive Jesus could you just lift a hand just real briefly and you're saying I, I want to give God my heart today I want, to, I want to experience his grace in my life I want to experience what it means to be set free from my past from my sins I want this burden lifted but I don't know how I'm here to tell you it's only by the grace of God you can hold your hands up God sees your hands he sees your hand right there God bless you right there back there God sees you right here. God sees your hand right here. God sees you. You can put your hands down. We can pray this prayer together, but especially those who are praying this for the very first time and giving your heart to Jesus Christ. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. I receive your grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, 
I call upon you as my Lord and Savior. Come live in me and live through me. Help me to give grace just as I have received it. I believe you died on the cross and you rose again to give me eternal life. I pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Can we welcome those into the family of God, into the kingdom of God, who said yes to Jesus this morning? I have a Bible that I would love to give to you to those who received Christ this morning. And ushers, you can go ahead and pass out the buckets. For those of you who want to give to our missions, go ahead, you can do so. And again, thank you so much for your giving, not just financially, but prayerfully. A lot of you have been praying for our church. A lot of you have been praying for myself and Heidi and the staff. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing in our church and what he's doing in our city and the different churches that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we just let God do what he's doing. And we follow him. Follow God's grace. Uh, also, don't forget water baptism today at 1.30. Uh, be there and, and just cheer on those uh, who are getting baptized. And if you're getting baptized yourself, invite your family because they wanna, you want them to experience this with you. I know you might be thinking, but I don't, I don't want them to be there because now they're going to keep me accountable. That's the whole point of being water baptized. You're letting everyone know that you believe in Jesus Christ. In other words, you're not receiving God's grace in vain. You're letting everyone know that you've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ and now you get to live for him. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we sing our final song together. It's all about praising his name because we are here to glorify God. Amen.